Hello and welcome to According to John. Today we're going to be on a... Uh, okay, so here's the goal today is to help uh, those who are married and those who are going to get married and those who are thinking about marriage and those who are thinking about divorce and those who are anywhere in between. <laughs> How can a Christian honor their marriage and their parents? This was huge for me. I had a very ungodly father, and I had a very beautiful bride. <laughs> and my bride walks with Jesus, and my daddy walked with the devil. We'd go into dad's house. The, the grandkids pull open a drawer. Boop, shut that thing real quick because you didn't want the kids to see what was in that drawer. So this is a topic. Right. And I reached out to my pastor and said, help. Yeah. So that's what we're here today. Well, and, and that's what we really see today. Not just today, but we've seen for years and years, like you said, even when you were uh, getting married, is a lot of people have a hard time leaving their parents when they get married. And cleaving into their, their mate. Yeah, and, and then if there's a problem because they've not separated themselves, in, in not not separated as in no longer, but I mean, uh, listen, when you have a problem, you don't run back to mom and dad, you run to God, and then you speak with your spouse. I mean, it's just what we do. And, and parents don't let go, children don't let go. And then we have these huge marital problems. And uh, today's goal is maybe to answer some, not just some questions, but to give you some guidelines, biblically speaking. Step-by-step, yeah, step, biblically, how to work your way through this. How, yeah, how do we work our way through it? And what's yeah. the proper perspective on these relationships with your spouse and with your parents? Mm -hmm. It can get kind of complicated. I God brought me to the Northeast where we have a lot of Italian uh, populace. Oh, my goodness, dude. The Family. <laughs> Italian mama with her boy. And he is a mama's boy, yeah. and uh, then then her Italian kid gets married, and then they really need Jesus uh, to yeah, because to, mom to get won't let this. go, and the son doesn't let go. Yeah, that's huge in Italian then, families. Then you have uh, then you have a, a wife that's kind of caught in between, and she wants to you know, honor uh, her Italian mother-in-law. Uh, and hey, it, it's not just Italians, but that, right. that's kind of proverbially how we speak. Right. It's kind of joked about here in our neck of the woods. And so I've, I've actually walked lots of people through this. But before I ever walked anybody through it, my pastor walked me through it. It's really amazing as I saw your layout where we're going. This is exactly what he gave me uh, 45 years ago. <laughs> I sat down and it's like, yep, this is it, Johnny. And it, there's yeah. a reason for that. Why would that be? Because truth doesn't change. Yeah, amen. there we go. Truth doesn't change. And I want to go publicly. Johnny gets a point for he coming in the in the podcast coming here. He's got a point towards the end. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm just gonna give you the point right now. When we get there, I'll I'll do a bit. Hey, he's I appreciate some, points coming out of the gate. He's got good stuff. <laughs> you you nailed it. So I'll shut up. When when we get there, I'll That's award funny. you your point. All right. All right. I'll be patient. You did a good job, be, Johnny. You know what I did with my girls one time, talking about being patient? Um, I gave my girls, this is when they were, oh, my goodness, four and five, three and four, maybe three, somewhere around three and four, four and five. And I set them down at the table, and I gave them, um, they love Reese's peanut butter cups. Amen. Right? <laughs> so I just set it down there. Uh open 
and said, wow. said, hey, listen, you guys can have this. Or if you wait until I get back, don't touch it. Don't eat it. Wait until I get back. I'll give you two of them instead of one. <laughs> You're a nasty daddy. And I, and, I, and I walked out of the room, right? And so when I walked out of the room, I just hung like 20 minutes, dude. Wow. 20 minutes. I come back and there's, dude, they're talking like that thing didn't even exist. Right. And then as we're talking and she goes, uh, my oldest said, Tori wanted to touch it, but I told her if she waited, we could get more. And they both waited, never touched it. Wow. And I was like, wow, you get your own pack now. And I, so I gave them a whole pack and they were elated. And so I was just teaching them that, you know, uh, uh, delayed gratification, man, has a pay. Yeah, that that was a real struggle for me, as I recall. <laughs> <laughs> I might have so, stumbled over that one a few thousand times. Right. So delayed gratification on my point, I'm okay with because I know it's coming. That's a good point. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we're going to get started. Brother, if you will open us. Okay. Father in heaven, we're having fun here today with our, our audience and with each other, but we realize this is serious. Uh, marriages have to get through this, and we need wisdom, and we need the power of your spirit to do the right thing the right way with the right heart attitude so you can turn sorrows into joy, and you can take ashes into beauty, and you can save marriages. And, and so we pray for wisdom and anointing of your spirit to help people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, I am your host, John Westfall. This is my sidekick, Duke Herget, the Duke Meister. And brother, I am. Uh, I just want you to know it's always a joy to sit here with you. I look forward to it. Yeah, we've been doing it a while together, Johnny. We're now finishing one another's sentences. <laughs> we were out for lunch yesterday with a group of people, and, <laughs> and a, 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 a question came up, and John and I both spoke at the same time, the exact same <laughs> sentence. But he started, and I backed off it. It's scary, man. <laughs> I'm going to miss you, man, when you go to South Carolina. Yeah, I'll be back. Yeah, you yeah I'm not out of your hair. Oh, you don't have hair. <laughs> <laughs> and I hit mute. No. <laughs> All right, so here's the question. How can a Christian honor their marriage and their parents? And so uh, let's just start from the beginning. You know, the Bible tells us that when we marry, we're to leave our parents and we are to cleave to our spouse, Genesis 2 24. Let me click on this again. There we go. It says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And so they leave the father and mother. That doesn't mean they stop being uh, family. That just means they are no longer under the guidance or the rules of the parents. Yeah, there's one home and now there's two another home. Absolutely. And so uh, when we look at this, we are to leave one another, our parents, we're to cleave to our mate and or our, our spouse. And then because, you know, we got to clarify these terms because we say mate, they'll be like, it could be anybody. Yeah. <laughs> 71 new genders, I guess. So that's what I've been told, but I, I still only see two. So we don't even want to go there today. We've, well, already, we've already hit that nail. <laughs> yeah. But, well, you know, yeah. Any rate. So at the same time that we leave our, our parents, right. And that we cleave to one another, our spouse, we have to honor our parents. We can't negate that. Yeah. 
it can create a whole new uh, arena of uh, difficulty. But then I find that it, you find your balance, and uh, it yeah. was a, it was a contention for us for a few years, and we found our balance, and it worked out great. Yeah, because you know one of the big things is we have a tendency if we're not careful we want to please our parents we want to please our spouse but sometimes our parents and our spouse are not on the same page yes that's what happened at my house <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden we have this battle that we got to deal with and it just doesn't go well because uh number one when we're trying to please our parents over our spouse uh, we just violated our vows Yes, we did. That's not good. No. And so Exodus 20 verse 12 says this, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land, which you, which the Lord, your God is giving you. Uh, what I find real interesting is that there's actually a promise in this, right? Honor your father and mother and your days, days will, will be lengthened. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a big one. It's really important, and I wanted to honor my parents all the days of my life. And I kind of got started out with this. You know, I came from a pagan home. My daddy was a bartender. He did not drive. Uh, he had some mental things and phobias. And so after I got saved, even before I was saved at night, I'd have to go pick up my dad from work. He'd get close down the bar at 1 o'clock, and we'd be out of there about 1.30. And I had to go into the bar, pick up my dad. And uh, I didn't want to go in there anymore, right. but I had to honor my father. So I'd go in there and witness to people. Right. <laughs> One guy poured his beer down the drain. He said, I don't need, if I had what you had, I won't need this. He poured it down. <laughs> so I told him about Jesus and uh, I, people get saved and no longer be good uh, customers for my dad anymore. Yeah. So my dad was a pagan and then I married Jo Allen and she's a godly woman. We're trying to do things God's way. Which is and, totally contrary to your upbringing and your parents' expectations. Yeah. So I'm trying to honor my father. I'm trying to be obedient to my father. And yet, um, Joan is my mate. Mm -hmm. And she's number one now, right. not, not mom and dad. Well, one of the things with this verse is my mom. And so my mom, um, she was 55 when she died. She, she, she turned 55 on the 11th of October, died on the 17th of October. And, um, and that was 21 years ago. Wow. So, uh, 22, whatever it's been 21. Any rate, um, I remember when my mom was in the hospital, she had been in the hospital for about six months now. And I remember going, it was about midnight. I went out in the backyard and I was standing behind the garage. It was a full moon that night. And I, and the, it was just, the sky was clear. The moon was bright. And I remember praying to the Lord and, and I asked God, I said, God, is my mom going to live? And he said, no. And I mean, no, just as clear and audible, not, not audible, but within, you know how God speaks to us, right? And then I did this, which is what we all do, right? Why? Yeah. God, she's so young. Why? And I'll never forget. God said, she didn't honor her parents. Mm, wow. Two weeks later, my mother passed. And I couldn't even argue with God. I couldn't even argue on her behalf. You know what I'm saying? It's like when God said that, I just wept because, and I, I, literally, I literally mourned my mom's death two weeks before she died because I knew God wasn't changing his mind and there was nothing I had to combat 
what he said. I just did a funeral last night for a 40 year old young man who grew up in my church. And I just had a, a moment as you said that he clearly did not honor his father and mother. Yeah. And uh, he's 40 years old. He stepped out into eternity. Now, there was a neat point. He had called me back when I was still in Florida this past spring, and we had a talk for over an hour, and he was broken. And he, he did turn. He did show his love to his parents right up just recently. Right. But it's like kind of like he did not have long days. He did not honor his father and mother. I never thought of that. And his, his dad told me that last night uh, and before I preached the, the, the funeral that he didn't honor us. Yeah. They, they were good parents. There, well, and, and listen, God has to stand on his word. Yeah. He can't violate yeah. it, right? Never thought uh, of that until just now. Yeah, and it's a commandment. You know, it's one yeah. of the Ten Commandments, honor your parents, right? And so, at any rate, uh, just understand that as we go through this, we realize that there are two biblical stances that we have to take. One, we have to stand with our mate, our spouse. That's non-negotiable. And then two, we have to honor our parents. What we do is we get lost in how that looks so it functions healthy. Here's what my pastor told me when I was in the throes of this. He said, your wife is number one, your parents are number two. Always. And that that's simple, yeah. Yeah. but it, it can be a little bit of a dramatic thing to, when you honor your wife first, and have that maintain that proper relationship with her and your parents are getting mad at you and they're maybe even attacking her but right. I, I remember having to get in my dad's face and, and say, say hey, hey dad dad yeah. <laughs> you don't mess with my woman mm -hmm. uh you don't you know you you can but it's like you're 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 closing off our relationship right. i'd had to tell him I, i'm here to honor you mm -hmm. i love you you provided for me i'll be here for you but you got to back off on this mm -hmm. you yeah. you're making her feel uncomfortable by the way you live by your language mm -hmm. and boy he he listened to me he cleaned up his language when my when my wife was around right and of course he was unsaved but he yeah but he respected you he and, did. and and here's he did. the thing when you when you approach your parents and you listen you manned up and you're like hey dad i love you but like like we're not going to do this and and he's you he has to respect the fact that you in a godly way stood up to him because now we're man to man we're not you know i mean we're yeah. still father son but we're man and man and we've got to deal with issues and i think i think that that creates a lot of respect yeah my dad always showed respect for me he was just lost he was blinded by the end i mean he was full of uh, the filth of this world right and he had a filthy mouth and he used vulgar uh, yeah terms. but how many people have ever called him out on it you know that's that's the thing he's not everybody else commended him right for it. <laughs> they they thought he was awesome because he was yeah. funny he was a bartender he was an yeah. entertainer right but but he respected me and i i just used I just humbled myself mm -hmm. to him and said, Dad, I love you. And I don't think you want to hurt my marriage, do you? Right. But this we're we're in a different world than you are. And I'm trying to respect you, but I, I have to have your respect too. Yeah. He totally got it. Yeah. And so that that was the turning point for us. Yeah. We had to tweak it a little bit here and there, but that was the turning point. Well, and we're gonna get to what happened in that because the reality was that was all about communication. Yeah. And and I'm going to tell oh, we're you. We're creeping up on that point there, Johnny. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that because that is so, so important. So at any rate, we have to uh, honor our parents. Exodus 20, verse 12. And some people, well, that's Old Testament. 
so I didn't want to leave out the New Testament people either. So yeah. <laughs> Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Remember I said it was again. a promise. Old Testament, New Testament. <laughs> Uh, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Because some people would be like, well, that's Old Testament, that's to the Jews. Well, Ephesians is New Testament to everyone. So I didn't want to leave it out. Amen. All right. Not only are we to honor our parents, but the scriptures say that we need to care for them when they have uh, or, or when they need help, when it's legitimate. We don't, Listen, sometimes we got to let people suck wind a little bit too, even our parents. Uh, if God's trying to teach them something, I, I had a gentleman one time tell me, he said, he's like, Hey John, and I love this guy, but he was like, Hey John, listen, um, uh, cause we had an issue and, and I, I'm black and white. And so I stood on it strong. I know. John black and white. I, I stood on it strong, kind of blew it up, but it was good. Like, I mean, ultimately it was incredibly healthy for everyone involved in, I mean, the whole, whole church. But he said this, hey, John, just remember, man, um, you know, what you did wasn't wrong, but be careful that you're not right for right's sake. And I was like, okay, in other words, don't be right just because you need to be right. And I was like, no, I get it, man. Um, I appreciate it. I want to be right that others could be edified, built up, and helped. And God glorified. And it's a, it's a tense moment, mm -hmm. but want to do the right thing with the right heart attitude and, and trust God for the good results. And, and I think that's what he was referring to is don't be right for right's sake. In other words, uh, don't be right because your attitude is, I'm right, you're wrong, you know? Yeah. Um, so, but at any rate, it says here in 1 Timothy 5, 3 through 8, uh, it says, honor widows who are really widows <laughs> because there was an issue back then where they weren't really widows it was this whole cultural fake uh, kind of like today people go and lie and try say they suck, have need try yeah. to suck money out of the church <laughs> exactly. when yeah, yeah. That, so that was still going on back then uh in verse four it says but if any widow has children or grandchildren let them first learn to show piety at home and to repay their parents for this is good and acceptable before the lord uh verse uh, five. Now she who is really a widow and left alone trusts in God and continues in supplications and prayers night and day. So if you notice too, that the ones a widow is godly, mm -hmm. right? Uh, verse six. But the real she, widow, <laughs> the, the, the real widow. Verse six. But she who lives in pleasure is dead while she lives, and so he's making a distinction that if they're ungodly, we're not to help them out. Yeah. There's boundaries that define uh, <laughs> things right. in relationships. And there were those widows who were in the bounds and qualified and those right. that were fakes on right. the outside. Right. And so then uh, says here, uh, verse 7, and these things command that they may be blameless. Verse 8, but if anyone does not provide for his own, especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever or an infidel. So we see that we have to step up and take care of our parents. But if our parents have brought on struggles because they are taking pleasure in the world and spending their, their money on the pleasures of the world, the scriptures clearly say we don't have to help them. Yeah. My dad had uh, mistresses. He, he was a sugar daddy and he had a lot of young girls coming around. Uh, he was single 
and uh, if if my daddy needed rent money from Joellen and I. <laughs> because he gave all of his money to his young girlfriends for pleasures, uh, then we're not going to help him. You're not going to help him. But uh, when he got saved, boy, all that changed. Right. All right. that changed. But there's there's boundaries, and the Word of God will, will make clear those boundaries. Yeah, and we have to be clear to follow them. Yes. And it'll save everyone a lot of heartache. The problem is if mom uh, or dad is foolish with their money, and now they need to come to you to get money, uh, and you say no, there could be a lot of manipulation and pressure and so on and so forth. And uh, you, But you still got to hold your ground to be godly, and you can't give them your money when the, clearly the scriptures just said that, right? Yeah. If they're taking pleasure, they're dead. Uh, in other words, you don't help them. Um, what we have to understand, because today it's lost, is that marriage... Uh, relationships is intended to be a lifelong, lifelong, right? For better and for worse, for richer and poor, and sickness and self forsaking all others till death do his part. Right. And it is supposed to take precedence over relationships with with anyone and everyone else and including our parents. No, I took a <clears throat> vow to Joellen mm -hmm. on marriage. I did not take a vow to my parents. Uh, about being a son or daughter. That right. was a biological thing. Right. By birth, I am their child. They are my parents. Yeah. And I want to honor that. And we worked through that. I remember just on a practical how this f unfolded for us. It was uncomfortable for uh, Joellen to be in my dad's house. He had this huge dog that bit a lot of people and was kind of intimidating. <laughs> And his house smelled like a dog, and then you open up the drawer or cupboard, and oh boy. And so it, she was uncomfortable. So what we did is we would go to my dad, when we go to Ohio to visit the family, we'd go to dad's house first, spend like an hour and 15 minutes. We'd go right to his house, the kids are there, and he was happy, and uh, we didn't open any drawers, and we didn't have to, we didn't eat anything or drink anything. We just went in. And just overwhelming him. The kids would get on his chair and love him up and kiss him and hug him. And he was happy. And we got in and we got out at his house. Right. That was the uncomfortable place. But then after that, he'd go out for dinner or breakfast with us or lunch. And uh, we were in a comfortable place right. now. So that's how we worked it out. And I don't know if, if my dad even knew how uh, what our deal was. But right. we just go in, hey, Dad, we're here. We love him up. And then we don't go back to his house. Mm -hmm. We He comes over to my sister's house right. where everything's comfortable. Or we meet him in a restaurant where everything is comfortable. So we worked it out. Right. <laughs> well, and, and that's what we have to. I think that's a lost art today is working out problems. And Joella knew I was looking out for her. Right. But she also knew that I want to honor, we want to honor my father. I want right. to honor her mother. Sure. And so those are very important, and we worked it out. Yeah. Uh, and again, though, like I said, that, that's an, a lost art today, uh, working out problems. People are so willing to sacrifice and throw away the relationship rather than to invest in uh, getting it healthy or keeping it healthy. Yeah. I coined this thought years ago, <laughs> biblical principles of problem resolution. 
And so we got a problem and we go to the scriptures. What do we do? How do we reconcile that? What's number one? What's number two? And then you get the biblical qualifications that you just brought up. Who is a widow? When do we help? We have to hold them accountable. If I'm out drugging it up and and, uh, you wasting all my money and I come to you and say, feed me, feed me, feed me. It's like, no, stop doing the drugs. Yeah, I don't know you. You know what? I'm not. Listen, and why should I take uh, even as a pastor, you know, people will come for help. And, uh, and I'm, I look at their lifestyle and I'm going, why, why should I give God's money to help you when all you're going to do is abuse your money and ultimately abuse God's money? Why do I need to bail you out? We, when we become an accomplishment to the accomplice, who's accomplice, accomplice, sin, then, then we're wrong. Yeah. That's where the Bible lays these boundaries. And the moment you start having biblical boundaries and everybody accuses you, Oh, you don't love us. Oh, you're evil. Oh, you're greedy. Right. Not at all. And, and God knows, I know this guy, this guy gives, 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 gives out, buys lunch for everybody. He buys them here, buys them there. And it's not a greedy bone in your body, but we're not going to be disobedient. We're not going to become an accomplice to exactly. a drug dealer. Look, I wouldn't even be an accomplice to my children if they were wasteful yeah, with their money. Amen. I'd be like, suck it up. Yeah. Yeah. You created the mess. You dig out of it. Yep. I mean, it's just, it, and people are like, oh, you're so mean. No, 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 no. Listen, that's why we have such a. <clears throat> holding them accountable. We have such a wasteful generation. We do. Today that just has no clue of sacrifice, no clue of compromise uh, to get along, no clue of uh, being unselfish, no clue, not. Anyway, thank God there are exceptions to that rule. There are. Let me tell you, that is a rule, mm-hmm. and it's everywhere yeah. in this generation. Thank God for the exceptions to the rules. Yeah. So, listen, the Bible's real clear, Genesis 2, 24, uh, that we are to become one flesh. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh, Matthew 19, 6. Uh, so then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. And that includes the husband and the wife. Uh, they are considered man being humanity. They're not even to separate. Yeah. I love how you do Old Testament, New Testament, same thing, because people have been kind of lied to. Oh, it's in the Old Testament. It doesn't count. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't fall for that lie audience. Uh, right. Cause we're not under the, we're not under the Levitical priestly law of right. sacrifices and the way they dress and all that, but all the moral aspects of the old Testament carry through in the new Testament. Right. I like how you do that. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so the husband and wife relationship is primary. It has got to stay primary. You cannot allow anything that, and, I, and I'll tell you this. Uh, I know we're talking about parents in this because that's a big thing is is uh, uh, allowing the parents to invade in. But you got to be careful of your friends too. Yes, that's all the same principles. Uh, all the same. All the same. Yeah, and you have got because a lot of guys uh, and girls they put their their yeah, men's friend, night out, boys night out, right? Well, maybe ladies not. night out, or what, I maybe mean it goes not. both ways. Sometimes it can be okay, and sometimes right. it can be a negative. So yeah. And if you don't have the money, you don't deserve a night out. Yeah. I mean, it's like, <laughs> right? You are so real, John. <laughs> if you can't afford it, it's a night in. <laughs> but I got a credit card. I got a credit card. I got a credit card. 
And then what do we do with the verse that says, oh, no man, nothing. You keep going in debt on your credit card, you're violating scripture. Uh, That's another thing we'll talk about. So listen, always keep your spouse primary. And I know at times uh, it'll feel like a parent is is getting in and dividing or pulling the child away from the marriage. And sometimes um, uh, a marriage will actually get in the way of a child doing what's right to take care of the parent. It goes both ways if we're not careful, right? Mm-hmm. Because you, if you have a spouse that doesn't like uh, uh, the other spouse, you know, the, their spouse's family, we got a problem. Mm-hmm. Biblical principles of problem resolution. Go to the scriptures, right. get the parameters, <laughs> and take a look at each individual. Yeah. And uh, where, where are they at and what will the balances be? with right. the, the set of circumstances. Right. And, and you know, when you do that with the right heart attitude, God shows you and he empowers you. Well, that's, he empowers us. He literally gives us the strength, the ability to not only perform what needs to be done, but have peace about it. Yeah. My pastor brought this point to me. It comes to my mind. I haven't thought about it in years. He said, but Duke, he said, you must be to the point when your commitment to your wife, that if your parent, uh, in this case, it would have been my dad, rejects you then so be it and so i had to take that risk but he didn't reject me for a second but i had to i had to do the right thing and leave the results and uh, thank god he got it because here's the thing even if your parents reject you listen it doesn't matter who you married the fact is you made a vow you got married you chose that person for life understanding all the realm that was around it and even things you didn't understand, but nothing, nothing gets in the way of you keeping your promise, not only to your spouse, but to God. Because when you undo what God has done, you violate his will. You go against what he has said. Divorce is not an option. And people are like, oh, well, you don't understand, you know, blah, blah, blah. The the scriptures are clear that, that, um, uh, adultery, that, that, that gives you the right to divorce. Yep. It's pretty clear. And the only other passage in there talks about if, and we're going to do one on divorce, I think, but anyway, the other, uh, there's another passage in there and I think it's in Corinthians. I have to double check that where it talks about, um, if, or maybe it's first Peter. So I don't, I don't know. Anyway, well, I don't know. See if I can help. See you. if you can help me, right? Where, but it's where it says that uh, if your spouse is lost, meaning they're not a Christian and they want out, the Bible says let them go. Yeah, you can let them out, but that's the act of their will, not yours. Not yours. Exactly. And so there are parameters that we have to stay in. And if you listen, if you make a commitment to one another, stay committed to the commitment. Yeah. And keep keep your spouse absolutely. First, and I know that can be very tense and very hard, but I'm telling you, that's when God shows up. He sees that yeah. obedient heart, willingness to sacrifice. Lord, I'm crushed, I'm broken, I'm hurting. I all I see is ashes. I can't see any beauty. I don't know how this could ever work. And I've seen people broken before God and say, "I'm going to be obedient," and then He shows up and fixes it. Right. And I'll tell you, those families that have been there, those marriages, and their commitment to Jesus had them there. 
holding on, and then he visited and fixed it. Those are the couples that wind up helping other couples, yeah, yeah. leading marriage ministries. And they need to. Yeah, absolutely. Because they had the answer. They realized, they figured out the puzzle, and so now they need to share it. The power of biblical obedience. Yeah, and listen, guys, there's as, as a lifelong commitment, uh, to one another as being married, uh, now there has to be a growing oneness uh, in every aspect of your life. And you have to focus on these things. Uh, emotional, intellectual, financial, physical. Don't withhold from one another. Uh, social and family. You know, I, I just stuck out, you just used the word oneness, continuing growing oneness. And in my podcasting, when we're in Florida, I go and I write out my podcast along the pool underneath the palm tree drinking <laughs> lemonade. And I call John. He can, he can hear the waves in the pool. I, he's No, no, no. He splashes the water on purpose. Don't let I, him, don't let I, him act like it happens in the background. True. He sits there and slaps the water and splashes it. And he's like, Hey Johnny, guess where I'm at? <laughs> I, I, I do. I'm, I, I'm guilty. I know you are, <laughs> but I invited you to come down and do it with me. This is true. So, this is true. So anyway, it, some of that oneness, I, I, I write it out. My wife does a lot of study on, on current events, what's going on, vaccines, politically, uh, spiritual things going on in the world. And then, then we go and I read the whole thing with her and we do it together. together. She has offered some fantastic additions to, and sometimes clarifications. Yeah. Makes sense to me. It didn't make sense to her. So we do it together and it's, it's wonderful. And then when that podcast comes out after Johnny edits it and we, he puts it up and then she listens to it and then she hears what she put into yeah, it. Yeah. Because it, well, that's it, man. She knows yeah. she's part of the success. Yeah. It's one, one, it's a oneness in every aspect, right? Which also would take us to, and I know we're on parents, but I'm going to throw this in there that, um, you know, sometimes you need to get involved in your spouse's uh, activities, not to invade, but to be a part of it. So she is not interested in being on your podcast and speaking, but she's incredibly interested in helping your podcast be as successful as it can. She wants to be a part of your activity and yeah, sure. not, not to be, not to invade in it. She wants to stay in the shadows. But she's supportive of you. She's encouraging. And that's what I might, what I mean by being a part. You know, uh, you can't, you, listen, uh, uh, one of the struggles is, um, and we're going to talk about this in a podcast. I'm telling you, we're going to do a podcast on this. But one of the struggles is uh, we need to have our own activities, our own friends, and our own account. I'm giving Our own bank account. I, I might get a point for this, team. You ready? Here we go, Johnny. You come to Florida with us. My wife is an artist, and and we went to the Ringling Brothers thing, and they have this huge art museum, and it is like the <laughs> Metropolitan Museum of Art. It was huge. And because Joellen is an artist and she's my wife, we went to the art museum. Don't tell anybody, okay? Johnny and I went to the art museum. <laughs> but, dude, we had so much fun. <laughs> we were make, we were watching. Things. We weren't looking for shadowing and hue and, and brush strokes. We were... And hands bigger than the other hand. Yes, or the hands yeah, bigger than Walter. the head. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we were... Uh, uh, but we were having a lot of fun. And Joan says, boy, I didn't know you guys would enjoy the art museum so much. She had no clue I, what we were really saying. Dude. But we got the brownie points with we the did. Girl, <laughs> yeah because we got involved with what they wanted to do yeah, we went we let yeah. them choose the place yeah. and we had fun 
Right. We didn't learn that much about art history. No, but no. It was fun. There was there well, there was a couple pictures where we looked at it and went, I can't remember what it was now, but but we were like, wow, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. And then we moved on. Then we moved on. Yeah, it, it didn't last long. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, just get involved in one another's lives. Uh, when you start having separate bank accounts, you open the door for secrets and hiding and deceit. Yeah. When you start having separate friends, you open the door for secrets and hiding and deceit. When you listen, when you start separating and having your own lives, you you start creating a world of deceit. Yeah. One or at least allow Satan in to yeah. build on that. that that growing oneness, oneness financially oneness even recreationally now joan uh i go out to the garden she doesn't go out in that garden. she does the flowers i do the vegetables but then she harvests we, mm -hmm. we intermingle we cook those things and so even though i'm mostly doing the sweat in the one garden she's right. doing it in the other i celebrate what she does she celebrates what i do and we bring a oneness to about mm -hmm. uh, about it and it's wonderful yeah you this know thing really can work folks well it, really it does can. you know like i love to ride motorcycle and I used to take a week's vacation and go with my brother and we would just, we'd put 6,000 miles on in a week. We just ride everywhere, ride, ride, ride. And then the Holy Spirit says, Johnny, you can do better than this. <laughs> well, what happened was yeah. Sherry said, um, uh, cause our girls were older now they're, you know, they're 16, 17. And, uh, she's like, uh, I would like to go on some of these trips with you. And I said, I'd love for you to go with me, right? I've wanted this, but you didn't want it. And now, now she wants to be a part of it. Now, I did lay ground rules. I was going to bring it up if you didn't. <laughs> Here's the ground rule. If you go on a motorcycle trip with me and you complain or have a poor attitude, you are on the first plane home, and I don't care where we are. What if I went on a motorcycle? Would that r apply to me, too? Absolutely. <laughs> I knew it would. I just thought I'd ask. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are some rules that are non-negotiable, and complaining on a motorcycle ride is a That's non- wrong. Mortal sin. <laughs> <laughs> it is, brother. You don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. I understand. Don't, don't cut. Listen, don't come into my world and make me miserable. <laughs> and she is a sport, man. She, dude. She's crisscrossed this nation on yeah. the back of those motorcycles. And dude, she covered the United yeah. States with me. We, we did a, uh, dude, you married so up. I can't believe it. But why not? <laughs> right. We did, we had a thing one time where, uh, so I have this issue when we go out West and the high, cliffs and the grand canyon and, and, I, and I want you to know i don't sign on with johnny as <laughs> i sign with sherry okay the other one with john this one i'm with sherry and i go out to the edge of these i, I mean like i went out on a on a cliff at the grand canyon and it was a I mile down i can't even look at these pictures because <laughs> so i know how the wind blows Dude, the wind actually caught me on one of them. I but know. so at any rate, we went out to Colorado here a couple of years ago and she um and she was like, Oh, I'll pull over. And so we pull over and I look and I went and she said, No. no. And I Johnny was like, says, 
Yes. yes. <laughs> so even my brother was for her and against me yeah, on we're this all one. with yeah. her. <laughs> so I go out on the and we I love you, John. We just don't know why. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I literally had to go out on the, the cliff and then I had to scale the side and come back up on the top to get around the tree and then finish going out. And, and in, at one point it was literally, it was only three feet wide, but it was about a, uh, I don't know, 1500, 3000 3, feet down. <laughs> so it was, it was about 1500 starting out. And then as the further out you went, the further down. It was. Just for the record, for our audience, I think this part might burn at the judgment seat of Christ, this part, <laughs> yeah. the motorcycle part, the non-complaining I'll sign it for there that. you go. Yeah. So anyway, I go out there and, and my wife knows I'm not coming back until you take a picture. So if you want me, if you want me to come off, she the takes a picture, <laughs> done. She doesn't frame it up. Right. Little to the left. Yeah, no, no, no. Right. She just snaps it. I yeah. got it. Right. I, I saw all those pictures. John. So I come back off of the cliff and we get on the motorcycle and we start riding. Well, I can tell immediately. I mean, I feel the breathing on my neck <laughs> behind me. And I said, we have a headset so we can talk to one another. And I said, uh, um, so you're pretty mad at me, huh? And she was like, yeah. I said, well, listen, you got about an hour before the next stop. Get over it by then. <laughs> because, because I'm not going to deal with it. And I know many of you would go, oh, if that were me, blah, blah, blah. But you got to understand this is motorcycling is my thing and she's joined my thing and there are rules <laughs> cliffs aren't part of the motorcycle thing john i see that as a separate so i'm 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 still with sherry <laughs> everybody is man Another, everybody yeah, is you haven't moved me a bit oh my you can't goodness talk to me from this position john all right i'll leave it alone I'll leave it alone. At any rate, join in with your spouse. But you know what? <laughs> they're, 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 I just got to, I'm going to get a point for this, John. All right, go ahead. Sherry loves you. She loves God. And she knows God made you a little crazy. And she married that crazy man. Right. And she trusts God to take care of you. And it's not, a, it, you know, she is upset, but just for a moment. And she gets, she laughs about this. Yeah, she, she does. She, we have this talk. I've had this talk with Sherry. Yeah. <laughs> she knows I'm with her. Yeah, she does. I but mean, she, it is not a point yeah, of contention. Yeah. It's not really it's not. something you is it's it's a little tense. Yeah, but uh, at the it's, at it's the open. moment, only because she loves me. Right. Yeah. And yeah. and then my brother was like, and normally my brother's on my side, and my brother's side. Yeah, he was like, because this was a pretty this was a pretty wicked cliff. Anyway, <laughs> my brother goes, "What if you would have fell? How would Sherry have gotten home? How would you got the bike home? What about your girls? What about?" And I'm like, "Dude, shut up!" <laughs> and he was right on every point. <laughs> It was so funny. Yeah. So anyway, let's get so back to marriage. Grace is greater parents. than all of our sin. Let's it, move on. Yeah, it really is. All right. So so here's the thing. Listen, uh, if you have overbearing parents, right, and, and, and those overbearing parents threaten your marriage, you need to get that checked. And if you're in your marriage, um, that it becomes overbearing for your marriage because you have to deal with your parents. Uh, and so you, now you're jeopardizing your marriage. you got to fix this. You cannot allow... Uh, parents to separate your marriage. In my pastoral counseling at this point, I always say, of course, now they've already come to me. So that's, that's kind of the victory. There's safety in a multitude of counselors. You can't let it be that, that little Italian boy's uh, mama overbearing, be the controlling factor. And then maybe that's the way it was, but now this is the way it is. And I tell couples, seek counsel. You've, they've already done it by the time they've got to me. Right. Get, an, uh, get an outside objective voice to say, 
that's an overbearing parent. That's none of their business. And so now you've got another voice of reason. So I never let it be uh, where it was going to be my dad's voice against my wife. I would never even think for a second to choose him over my bride. Right. But seeking counsel is huge at that point. Yeah, you have to do it, whatever it takes, right, to save to save the, the marriage. And here's the thing. We do not allow the parent-child relationship to become primary. You cannot do it. If you're married, it is you and your spouse are primary. And then, you know, we talked about if the parent has legitimate need. Uh, even if our spouse doesn't like our parent, we still have an obligation to take care of the need. We see it in uh, Mark 7, 10 through 13. Uh, Moses said, honor your father and mother, and he who curses father and mother, let him be put to death. Mm-hmm. Right? But you say, if a man says to his father or mother, whatever profit you might have received from me is Corbin, that is a gift to God, then you no longer let him do anything for his father or his mother, making the word of God of no effect through your tradition, which you have handed down. And many uh, and many such things you do. And so, so it's like you can't stop you, you can't stop your, your spouse from honoring their parents. You can't do it. If they have legitimate need, you have to let them fulfill it. And then in 1 Timothy 5, 4 through 8, but if any widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show piety at home and repay their parents for this is good and acceptable. Uh, and then, of course, we see here where we take care of it, which I've already read that. So for sake of time, I won't read it again. 1 Timothy 5, 4 through 8. When both husband and wife are seeking to honor God, it is absolute because that's the most necessary thing. It's absolutely possible to keep your marriage primary and to honor your parents, mm-hmm. but you got to do it God's way. Anything shy of that, which goes along with anything in life, anything shy of that um, is is going to be detrimental. And so if the parent seeks to, to violate the marriage relationship, you have to reject that. If the spouse seeks to violate uh, the call to honor parents, you have to reject that. Like you have to keep this in balance with, uh, with the word of God. And because the truth is, it's God first, marriage second, parents third. That's the biblical protocol and it works you have to keep it that way otherwise you're violating uh scripture now let me tell you this you need to search uh and get god's wisdom absolutely we need god's wisdom in this right but i would tell you um because we need god's wisdom to make sure that nobody uh that we have wisdom uh so if someone's trying to be overbearing or manipulate you know we god exposes that and then we deal with it appropriately but let me say let me tell you this one of the biggest problems that we have is uh communication here's here's where johnny gets the point (laughs) right this is my point right here in, in marriages, there's usually two reasons. The, I mean, there's there's several, but the two main reasons by far and being in this order is, uh, for divorce is, number one, poor communication, and number two, finances. And it doesn't matter if you're poor or rich, uh, finances get in the way. And it only gets in the way because you have poorly communicated. 
And so even with this, with parents and honoring parents, um, there is an expectation, right, that we have and expectations are to be made clear. And so if you communicate with each other the expectations, so now we're on the same page as, as husband and wife, and then you communicate these expectations to your parents. Hey, don't talk uh, to my wife like that. Don't talk about my wife. Please don't use that profanity around my children, and my when wife. And I did that, I did that. I practiced what what Johnny's laid out here. Yeah. I practiced it. And I, I got alone. My brother offended. Of course, is my father here. Offended. Yep. Go to my father alone. I had Joellen write down what makes you uncomfortable and what, what would be a comfort zone for you. And I wrote down what she said. Then I, I shared that with Pastor Standridge. Uh, he was my pastor, and he loved us. He was very wise. He loved my dad. And uh, my dad got saved under his ministry as, as well as I did. So then we, we bounced it off Pastor Standridge, and he looked at what Jawan wrote and said, totally legitimate. Yep. She's right. And so I well, said, Well, because she's godly. Yeah. And she so had it lined up. I said, how can we fix this? And that's where we landed on our procedure right. that I mentioned earlier. We would go to his house first. Right. We don't touch anything. We don't open any drawers. Right. We let the kids love him up. Well, here's the other thing, too, is if your spouse uh, says they're uncomfortable or they feel uh, or they're offended and and you say, oh, that, you're making you're making a big deal out of nothing. No, 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 no. You need to legitimately listen to your spouse because to your spouse, that is a big deal. Yeah. And so now we got to, you, we go to the Lord, we pray, we seek discernment and then we handle it, handle it appropriately because if it's blowing your spouse out of water and I, I don't care if it's the husband or the wife, cause a lot of people are like, Oh man up. No, 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 no. Listen, if you want this healthy, then you got to deal with the problems. And, and to some people, what is a molehill is a mountain to others. And to some, what is a mountain is a molehill to others. And so we respect that because we want to help everyone get over the mountain. You use the word respect, the word communicate, expectations. We, we have the biblical model. We have humility. God gives grace to the humble. We have the right heart attitude. And then we confront when things need to be confronted. Well, that's that communication. Yeah. Yeah. We have to do it. If you are afraid to communicate with your spouse or with your parents, you've already got a problem relationship. Yeah, you're not going to fix it. Yeah. And, and it, well, it's already a problem because you, if you can't, if you can't be honest with one another, it, your relationship's already in trouble. Mm-hmm. I uh, like to throw in one other principle here towards the end of this podcast, John. For us, you know, there's I have parents and and she had parents, and so I always found this thing called balance. Uh, in, in we live distance from her family, in Detroit, my family in Ohio, but we've found that balance is very important. If we're going to go to Ohio for four yeah. days this year and Detroit for three days, yeah. the next year we're going to go four in Detroit and three days here. So we found balance, and we uh, neither one of our families were in church like we are, mm-hmm. bowing to the Bible like we do. And we just, and her family, my mother-in-law has never intervened in our marriage right. ever. She's been she's been wonderful to to pull back. And yet we just found that, you know, balance is very important. I'm not going to just, you know, flee to my family and then ignore hers or, or, or her to do that way to me. So balance was very important principle. Absolutely. And listen, guys, on this, this, uh, 
you're communicating and you communicate your expectations, if you communicate clearly, you absolutely reduce the risk of hurt feelings and confusion. And, and, re- and the reason that people respond uh, um, acidically is, uh, or in an ac- is acidically a word? Or is it in it's an acidic dick. matter <laughs> or way? I mean, <laughs> I'll put acidically in the dictionary for you. Okay, there, there's a point. I'll give you okay. a point. Um, so, but, but if we are acidic in our response, uh, uh, it's usually because uh, we've been hurt or we don't understand. And when we're hurt or we don't understand, the negativity comes out of us if we're not careful. And so what we want to do is we have expectations. We communicate that clearly. And then down the road, we can go, hey, no, no, we talked about this and and uh, gently give a reminder rather than letting it go until everyone explodes and now we have a mess. And so you have to be real careful. To do that, though, let me encourage you, James 1.5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. God, Listen, God wants us to use godly wisdom. Mm-hmm. And that means that if we go to him, we've put him first, if we go to him, we ask him, I'm telling you, he will set it up so that it is success for all. I remember as a child playing uh, Little League and Pony League baseball, and we would have these little country fields, and the umpire would get together with the coaches before the game and call gave out what we called the ground rules. Mm-hmm. Every football game, the referees kind of meet, and they have right. they have the the laws of the game. They have the rule book, and when couples are wise, Joanne and I called it our family constitution. We laid things out. This is what we're going to do in reference to education for her, because yep. she didn't, had not yet finished her degree. She went on and got her master's. We had this in the the family constitution. We clearly communicated goals for her education, right. goals for our children's education, mm-hmm. you know, goals for even having children. Right. Uh, well, you finances. just said it, man. I, I love it. You you literally, you sat down and made a family constitution. I do that when I premarital couple, yep. when I premaritally counsel couples. Right, right, right. Get my tag coupled <laughs> up there. And by the way, I'm not taking that out. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> he could edit that out, but he's going to let people know how dumb the Duke Meister is. I, listen, I've even been leaving my... Faux pas in it. Yeah. yeah we're so, real folks. We're right, real, right. we're raw. Well but we want to help. Even with my even with my family, uh my immediate family, Sherry and I did the same thing. And with our children, I'm gonna tell you, I laid it out. Hey, uh there are five things that y- if you do, this obviously as the girls grew up and they gain understanding of each one. Um, if if you lie, this is your punishment. If you do that, I mean, we sat down five ground rules that if you violate these rules this is the punishment do you understand that yes that's exactly what god did when he gave us the law and you know what your children now have boundaries to stay in and if you if you stick to what you set in place man you make your world so much easier for everyone Mm -hmm. i'm just saying hey guys listen i hope this podcast has helped and i hope that you go back and uh, listen to it again, write down the scriptures, pray about it, talk to your spouse, talk to your parents, communicate clearly, don't withhold or hide anything. Because here's what we know, sometimes life seems like a balancing act, man, sometimes it can grab hold of you, but don't get stressed. 
Because if you balance it with the word of God, you'll absolutely have success in everything. Problems become your opportunities. Absolutely. Hey, guys, I hope this has helped. And if it has, please like, share, subscribe, and follow. And until next time, God bless. Thank you.